Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. And as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. Got one of those smorgasbord podcasts for you. A couple of news and notes, a few different little topics that I want to jump around and touch on a little bit. And probably a shorter episode today as I'm getting a little bit deeper prepared for those of you who saw that I sent out on Twitter, another logical fallacy podcast. I figured now would be a good time for me to go through some of the big talking points uh, uh, surrounding the Rockies right now and run the old logical fallacy uh, trick. I've done that a couple of times before in the past. People tend to respond to it pretty well, where, where I try to discern you know, the difference between the, the good arguments and the bad, and, and which are the ones that are making the most logical sense, and which are the ones that are just coming out of absolutely nowhere and not really uh, vibing, right? And I feel like that, that helps get us centered oftentimes. So I was preparing all of that and putting together a bunch of notes and realized that I, I needed a, a little bit more preparation time in order to give that conversation the type of focus that it deserves. So I figured I would come on here and talk about a few things going on out there on the field and do a little bit of follow-up conversation on something that I posted today about the National League and the divisions. First of all, let's start with the ball club. And of course, a congratulations that is very, very well earned for Sean Bruchard. We're, we're doing this thing again. Uh, now, this is the second time in the last week that we've got the first home run in the Major League career of a young Colorado Rockies player. As I've mentioned several times before, you know, Bouchard is not necessarily tabbed to be a big part of the Rockies' future, but you never know. You've got to give these guys the opportunities. He's much closer right now to the class of Winton Bernard and uh, even guys like Connor Joe. Uh, I've often brought up guys like Joshua Fuentes, who it didn't work out for, or, or you've had players like Tony Walters, who, you know, had really good minor league numbers, get to the bigs, can't really figure it out on one level, but, and for obviously for Walters, we know that was, he, he never really developed into a, a big league hitter, right? But he was a big league catcher and he's having a hard time getting back to the bigs now because, because the bat matters. Uh, but for a while there, it, it made sense for him, right? That some of these guys, that's the career that you end up carving out for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you can be productive for a little while. What we're looking at with Bouchard is, you know, can he be more? Is it possible for him to do more? It was a beautiful swing, nice power drive. Congratulations to him. And even if he's not, no one can take away, you know, his, his first major league career home run or, or however many he ends up getting, right? And, and he's making the most of his time right now. So it was really cool to see. Uh, additionally, uh, alongside that, I, I suppose I should say, is that the fact that the Rockies have been playing these guys. Uh, I'm actually recording this now as the uh, Saturday evening game has been delayed. But once again, uh, Montero, Tolia, and Bouchard were all in the lineup. And they've been doing that much more often than than not with those guys, right? Montero's been playing basically every single day. Again, with there's always some off days, a little bit of here and there. But since the beginning of August, one of the things when I did the entire Michael Tolia podcast, right? I, I did that, that show. There were a couple of things there, but I talked mostly about him and uh, broke down. I thought, <clears throat> you know, there it is. There's everything you need to know about Michael Tolia and did, did all this stuff. 
And then that night he played right field. And I totally forgot to mention that, especially after doing this whole thing specifically about how there really isn't a log jam of talent for the Rockies right now, right? This is one of those things that I always find to be exceptionally strange. There will be people that try to convince you that simultaneously the Rockies have nowhere near enough talent to be anywhere close to being good anytime in the next three or four years. And at the same time, they've got a log jam of talent at multiple positions that they've created through poor roster and asset management. Now, I have been much more in line with that second way of thinking. Those of you who, who followed me, and, and I wrote about this recently, how the Rockies have done a poor job of roster management at times. And I don't think that that's necessarily created a logjam. I don't think you've got that problem until these other guys prove that they can play. But it is important to remember that Tolia can play in the outfield. And so if you end up with a scenario... Uh, so again, uh, it, you you've got to think through what is you know this the worst case scenario for a log jam, right? The dog's in on this one is that you've got multiple players who are playing the same position and playing well, but you can't get them all playing time, right? So first of all, the log jam problem only arrives if you've got multiple players who are playing well who have shown they deserve playing time. So at this particular situation, what you would have is Ryan McMahon playing well at third base, CJ Crone playing well at first base, and then Eliharos Montero and Michael Tolia also both hitting. What do you do with those guys? And then I was reminded that Tolia can play in the outfield and that he's a very good athlete. Now, he's nowhere near the defender and right that he is at first. And so you're not getting your best defensive alignment if, for example, your solution to that problem is obviously McMahon's at third, Crone's at first, Montero is your DH, and Tolia is in right. And, and then, of course, there are still questions about what happens with Charlie Blackman under those circumstances, right? But, uh, again, those are other questions. You you only end up having this problem if all... Now, now you add him to the... Well, is Blackman also hitting well? And now, all of a sudden, you've got a lineup full of guys who are hitting well. And finding playing time for good players is... That's the proverbial, quote, good problem to have. Right? So... Uh, you know, and, and I'm sure they, they could even, you know, if, if Chris Bryant is continuing to have his injury issues, well, then there's your spot for your other outfielder. I've said several times that I think that the Colorado Rockies should very much consider going out and getting themselves another big bat this offseason, or at least a, a pretty good size bat. <laughs> it's not really the size of the bat, is it? A, a guy who you, you think can give you a 115 to 130 OPS plus with reasonable you know, probability that they've done it before and that the place that it makes sense to do that would be in the outfield. However, if Tolia is really strong down the stretch here and you, you really are believing in this guy and you are concerned about some kind of some kind of log jam out there again yeah injuries oftentimes are the big thing that people don't think about when having this conversation you always need that depth 
the likelihood is that one of those players is going to need a little extra seasoning, whether it be Montero or Tolia or, you know, especially if the Rockies don't go out and get an extra guy, though you never know. Guys are going to have injuries. Guys are going to go through slumps. And that's when you're going to need the other player. But in... So to put it another way, the worst case scenario for a log jam of position players is among the best case scenarios for certainly the offense, right? Next year is is obviously what we're talking about here, right? So if next year your concern is, man, Tolia's hitting so well and he needs to play and Montero's hitting so well and he needs to play and Crone is still Crone and McMahon, while he hasn't emerged as a superstar bat, has at least been a solid one and it continues to be a great defender so needs to play more often than not and is kind of a captain of the team out there. And you can get creative and give guys rest here and there. I've often said, I said this as my big reason why I wanted the DH to come to the NL, that I actually think that the Rockies' best way of utilizing it would be to kind of have it float around a little bit and be able to give guys days off their feet more than you would maybe do if you were playing in different uh, situations. Now, the Rockies haven't done that this year. They've more or less declared their early on it was kind of floating around a little bit and then they just declared it to be charlie blackman and that makes sense and that's how it should be and it's honestly more or less how it should be moving forward as long as he's hitting some and uh, you know the roster lines up as it does but that's what we're talking about if these other things start coming into play then you can occasionally get him out into the field occasionally sit him against a tough lefty uh you know play the matchups a little bit and have that dh float around so that no one has to play too many games with the altitude as an extra element of the grind of baseball. And I think that that's something that can be a big boon for the Rockies in the future. And so I do think that the designated hitter and, uh, you know, the diversity or I'm sorry, the versatility of Tolia who can play first or corner outfield he'd maybe be fine in left they've only really put him in right so far you know Montero being able to do third or first uh you know Crone being just fine stepping into the DH role and and needing some days off of his feet as he ages too and both Blackman and Crone only being signed through next year which means that again in the best case scenario for the players but the worst case scenario for the logjam where all of these particular corner guys pan out well, then all you really need to do to solve that problem at the end of next year is not re-sign Crone and Blackman and instead fully commit to Montero, Tolia, and whoever else is around that you want to commit to. So this is why I'm not, you know, one of those people that thinks, oh man, they really screwed up by not trading Crone here. And, and you can still trade him in the offseason or next year if that's your answer to the question. And, you know, will he be at the height of the value he was sort of right there when he was an all-star and the numbers were great and all that? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you also didn't know what you're learning now about Tolia as well. So it's a, it's a risk-reward management situation. I think the smart thing to do is still to make sure that at least one of Tolia or Montero can hang before you start making those decisions. And if both can hang, great. 
let them do it and and take it from there and figure out the playing time issue as it comes because again the, the probability that everyone is going to be both good and healthy and remain so for months at a time which is going to create this log jam just seems not impossible but unlikely to me and in that situation I think you've got a lot of good things happening for your team if they're all playing well. Uh, so that for me is why I'm just fully embracing right now. Uh, loving the hell out of watching Montero and Tolia play. Wrote recently about how Brendan Rodgers has quietly made his Ryan McMahon move of becoming an incredible defender at second base. And basically a league average, and, and really, Brendan's been a league average hitter on the year, but he's been a much better than league average hitter since that first month when he was like the worst hitter in, in baseball, right? But since then, he's been a comfortably above league average hitter and a, a stupendous fielder. Brendan Rodgers is leading the team in wins above replacement on baseball reference right now. Ryan McMahon is actually second. And then C.J. Crone. So I think you've got the possibility for a very, very solid infield next year with Ezekiel Tovar uh, probably stepping up as an option there. And Jose Iglesias may still be around as your veteran infielder who can step in again. And and that's another one where I see people being like, logjam. You get, if, you, if they bring back Iglesias, it's blocking Tovar. Like, it really isn't, and it really shouldn't. It's, you know, there, there's going to be playing time for the young rookie, and if he's incredibly good, you can absolutely have a guy like Iglesias step into a veteran bench role, uh, guy who can can come in and, and help you win a baseball game in a lot of different ways that you're not paying very much because they've never been paying him very much, and he's good at all of those things. And so, again, no, that, that's absolutely the type of player who can very easily step aside if a young phenom is coming up and taking his spot. Um, if, he's, if Tovar can't, quite get it going immediately then it's good to have Iglesias as a bridge uh, to that and and if he does then it's good to have Iglesias as as the veteran and the backup because you need backups too uh you you need the full 26 man roster it's not just the eight guys who start more often than not right uh so yeah uh th those are my thoughts on that and uh, that it's been really good to see them actually playing the young guys and giving them their opportunity and taking in that data and figuring it out. And yeah, I think Tolia is going to be a thing. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about today because I wrote about it and I wanted to do a quick follow-up because I, I provided you all the numbers and data for how much more difficult the National League West has been to win than the Central and the East, especially over the last five years. Uh, it's been it's taken an average of 100 wins to win the National League West over the last five years, which is ridiculous. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, so so I kind of dove into all of that and broke it down again. Go to milehighsports.com and, and read about it if you want the specific numbers on that. But what I wanted to follow up with here uh, was to say, and I was on the radio recently. I was on the fan cave on, on Mile High Radio uh, with Ryan Romero. And we, we actually mostly talk professional wrestling. Go and find that segment if it's out there. I'm sure there's the podcast segments out there. Um, it was so much fun. We're going to do more. We got to get a professional wrestling show going on Mile High Sports. I think we're going to do it. Um, but we were we were talking about you know the Rockies' future, and he was taking a big you know the ten year view because he was kind of talking about how you know the Broncos seem to be entering this age where they're going to be really good again. Obviously, the As and Nuggets have been so great. So the question was, you know, when are the Rockies going to kind of get it back, man? And 
you know, we talked about a lot of the things that you do, prospects and organizational philosophy and, and a lot of the things we talked about here. But but something I mentioned was, and I've been talking about this more with people kind of behind the scenes, just, just people that are in the league and around and, and saying, I think there's going to be expansion and realignment in the next five years. And I think both are honestly more than warranted and overdue. I think the league could stand to add four new teams, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to add two new teams, um, you know, one more on the West, one more on the East. Uh, there's there's a lot of different cities that are interesting and in consideration for this. You know, out East, you've got places like Charlotte and um, Nashville. Uh, in the, I, I guess New Orleans might be considered, you know, more to the East. Um out west, there's been talk of things like Portland or uh, Mexico City. Um, of course, you, you know Montreal should have a team. Uh, so there, there, there've long been these conversations, right? Vegas. That's the other, I don't want to forget. Vegas is all that's been a big push recently in sports. Now that we've kind of broken that dam of having professional sports in Vegas, and 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 knowing that they can make money, and the whole gambling thing is. I don't know, whatever. We're just in the Wild West on that stuff now. So everyone's throwing up their hands on that. It's it's weird in baseball. It's a little different, you know, because we do still have guys like Sheila's Joe Jackson and Pete Rose not in the Hall of Fame. And But anyway, um, not, not to open up that entire can of worms. So, but, but more specifically to the, the Colorado Rockies, this is going to be... I think a huge boon for them. And I know there are a lot of people out there who just roll their eyes at this. And I've seen even the last couple of days, like it's not the divisions that are the Rockies problems. And look, the Rockies have a lot of problems. It's not one thing. (laughs) A lot of them are of their making and a lot of them are not, but it doesn't help. There's absolutely no reasonable, logical way to sit there and say, well, it's actually good for the Rockies that they're in the division that they're in because that's ridiculous. It's measurably and comfortably and easily the toughest division in the National League by more than five games. It's six and a half games easier over the last five years to win the East than the West. The Giants and the Dodgers are two of the five most successful teams in the history of baseball, in the grand and ancient history and in modern times, with those teams having four World Series between them in the last decade. Right. And so in addition to the fact that those two teams have the money and the institutionalism and all of that and, and the history of success and and the fact that guys want to play there and all of that, it's also an incredibly difficult travel schedule where if you were just drawing up the divisions today, you would never put Colorado with all the California teams. It doesn't make any sense. They should play in a division with Arizona, Houston, Texas, and Kansas City. That makes sense, right? They, they shouldn't be going to the coast pretty much every single time that they go on the road. They go to the polar opposite environment. So, yeah. And then there is the legitimate fact of like, it's just going to be easier to compete in a division that doesn't have the Dodgers in it. <laughs> that's, that's just the fact. Um, you know, Nolan Arenado is finally going to get his wish to win a division this year. He's going to win the division. The The National League Central almost certainly be won by the St. Louis Cardinals. 
but he's still going to finish 13 games behind the Dodgers because, yeah. So even that team, with all of their built-in advantages, and their two MVP candidates, the fact that the Cardinals are some of the stalwarts of the history of Major League Baseball, they're not anywhere close to catching the Dodgers either. <laughs> so if he was, if that exact same team, if the Rockies and Cardinals just swapped places, not only would the Cardinals' record probably be worse because they'd have more games against the Dodgers, right? They'd have the more games against a tougher division, so they'd probably have a few more losses on their record. But he would once again be upset about not winning the division and being a wild card team. That's just the toughness of being out here. And I do think that that will be a big boon for the Rockies organization, whether you believe they deserve it or not, whether you believe it's a part of the thing or not. It's just the facts of the case that being in a different, more reasonable division, and I think it's coming before too long, is going to be big for this team over the next couple of years. So we'll dive into more prospects and all the other stuff that on the field, because you still have to do those other things right. Um, But getting out of this absolute nightmare of a division is going to help as well. So just because that had been brought up and I kind of wrote about it today, uh, I figured I'd throw that down and and have everyone uh, in on the fun. So make sure you swing by milehighsports.com and you check out all that written content. You keep checking out all the podcasts here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And other than that, you keep being absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.